0: You are listening to BOOCH News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha.
1: So I'm back on the line with Stacy Durek, who, as you might have heard in the previous podcast, is the owner of Bucci Mama's Kombucha out of Toledo. And Stacy wears a different hat in terms of being a... An advisor to other small businesses. Stacy, let's talk about the grassroots advising uh, that you offer to other companies. Uh, where does where did that idea come from, and and what's the story?
0: So, being being you know, in almost my ninth year as a small business owner, um, a lot of folks often you know ask me questions about about starting a business or about their existing business like how do i do how do i get started or how do i do this or that or what do you think about this idea or this you know a lot of times they're questions about licensing or paperwork or the business plan or financing you know like kind of these startup questions um and and i loved talking to folks about it and i loved being able to help people and i loved being able to give people advice um but being the entrepreneur that i am i'm also like you know i could actually just start charging people for this um so you know i say that kind of jokingly but honestly at the same time it's like by by formalizing it and by charging people for it um a, it puts value on my time, but B, it also like allows me to actually take a full hour or a, you know, a full session with someone to really get to the core of their question or flesh out their idea or find like a tangible solution to something they're working through.
1: So a question that occurs to me is if, if you're going to charge for the service, which is great, people are going to want to sort of know – you're bona fide, so to speak, and that is that you founded your own company that's now nine years in, that's profitable, that's growing. Um, what were some of the things you did right? Maybe a couple of things that people should avoid doing, either in financial terms or staffing or licensing.
0: Sure. I think, uh, you know, staffing, I've, I've lucked out uh, with, hiring people that I know and that work you know had kind of a, a friendship with um, starting out which I know is sometimes a challenge because then you're the boss of a friend um, so I know it's it's risky but for me it ended up working out um, so much so that we ended up becoming an employee owned company um, so we can talk about that a little bit more but it's but as far as the staffing lessons learned, um, I would say that that doesn't always work out for everyone. But another thing I, I have learned is even if you are familiar with a person or maybe they come at uh, – i I've always done word-of-mouth hiring. Um, and so I kind of just, like, have given people the benefit of the doubt because of who's referring them. But I would say definitely call the um, – the referrals, when you ask, you know, anytime you, someone applies, you know, you ask for uh, referrals or um, I'm not thinking of the technical term for them, but. Um, yeah, and, and check so them always out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always call the former employers of, of the people because that could, you know, save you some trouble. And it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, and sometimes it's like, well, you know, but I want to. Trust this person, but just call call and talk to someone who else has employed them. Right,
1: um, right. Exactly.
0: So that's a, that's what, what a piece is, of staffing advice. Yeah, what about the finance?
1: Because if I if I want to start a business uh, and I'm in a day job, um, maybe I've got a, a, few, a little bit of savings. What would your advice be and what's your experience been in terms of taking on debt? Or, you know, you said you had to buy – expensive equipment at times is is it a bank loans the way to go or does it depend on individual circumstances
0: i think it totally depends on circumstances um, because you know there's variables like whether you're a single income family or you're a single person or you have dependents or not um you know or if that you have you know you're independently wealthy or you have a source of income where you can kind of just have like this toy business where money, money ain't a thing, Um, you know, or you can, it's it's like a hobby business that you have funding for. You don't rely on income from. So I think it's just, there's so many different scenarios and it's so different. But for me, it was something where I had two other jobs when I started the business, I think after a year and a half, I was able to quit my other jobs and do this full time um but that was not until after I had you know revenue coming in um and as far as my my startup capital um I just did everything so grassroots, and that's kind of where this accounting company came from, where it was like i don't I, I'm gonna do everything grassroots meaning you, to me that means like using my resources um as efficiently as possible so using just buckets to ferment in or like these old bandanas of my cloth and not necessarily having it be like the prettiest looking thing um but and not to say that like we already talked about in the last conversation how mistakes can be expensive but um so just kind of being really resourceful, I guess. And then when I did need to make investments, obviously, you know, there's you have to buy your first batch of bottles and you have to buy your first raw materials and your first bags of tea. And I didn't really have a ton of savings. What I did do was I had a good enough credit where I got a business credit card um, and started going from there. But it's just that's a slippery slope, you know, and you have to, Um, know what you're doing and know what you're getting yourself into. And for me, I didn't have a ton of, um, you know, like teaching, no one teaching me like this is how you manage a credit card and whatnot. But what I did learn was, you know, about doing balance transfers and, um, you know, just staying on top of those payments so you maintain your credit score um, and get to the point where, for me at least, I could start doing traditional bank loans because it takes a while. Where they're not going to look at a small business owner um, who doesn't have another source of income, or a, a you know a, a spouse or a partner or something providing that second source of income to see the stability that they want to see. So you have to build up this track record as a business, saying like, "Hey, I've I've been doing it for four or five years now, where I I have these debts I'm paying off, I have this rent I'm paying off, and." You you know maintain your credit score um, to where you have a bigger purchase like a a bottle filler or maybe a delivery van or something and you're going to be able to get the the funding for that um you, you know because chances of you having just that cash flow from the business even if you did that have that I don't know if you'd want to put it all into you know a piece of equipment anyway so right I guess so that's what kind you, of my you... my experience as far as you know, funding the business and
1: whatnot. Yeah. So you use the term grassroots advice, uh, growth. You could also call it maybe bootstrapping, right? You, it sounds like you didn't go out and hit up, you know, family, friends, or deep pocketed investors. You didn't take on a load of debt. You, you did it with a credit card, rotating the score, the, uh, the line of credit, got a bank loan. It, it's not like, so today, presumably, you're not weighed down with debt you you are financing the opening of the tap room of the distribution and i mean is it safe to assume that you're cash flow positive right and and by the way how many people are now uh, in, on board with um Gucci Mamas
0: so we have there's two two other employee owners and then on top of that we have two other part-time staff um who who work in the tap room Um, and I don't mean to say that I don't have debt right now. I certainly do. Um, it's just maybe a more manageable amount or, um, you know, there's definitely been periods of time where I go through another round to say, like, okay, well, it's time to consolidate the debt again, or it's time to, and and that's also not to say that I haven't gone to people to say, can you invest in the company, can you uh, front this loan um, or, you know, help me pay off this debt and I'll pay you back instead of the bank or, you know, doing different things like that. It's, I I have done that. Um, and so it's just I didn't start out that way where I did a bunch of fundraising at first. Um, you know, it wasn't until we got to, like, Larger investments and larger amounts of um, loans and whatnot to get till I till I got to that point.
1: Right, and but the reality is, you when you started, you had two other jobs, so you're probably working every hour that was available. But you gave you were able yes. to quit those two jobs eighteen months in. So for six or seven years now, you, you, this is. Provided for you, your family, right? Uh, I think I think you've got two young kids. I saw online. Yes,
0: I have Uh, have two kids. I also have um, a husband, and you know his income. You know, we all we we do it together. Um, Right. But there's also you know something to be said for uh, the years that I was younger and didn't have a family and could work around the clock and really believing in building something that has more of a long-term value and has, um, you know, building up the assets, building up the the reach of the products and the brand itself um, for just kind of like a, a longer-term, longer-term investments, longer-term trajectory. Um, and to get to those points, you know, there there has to be investments made. <laughs> I guess the the right. you gotta spend money to make money kind of thing right. has always played out to be true in, in my experience.
1: And that was the point you've just touched on the long term. I was going to say, I mean I was always want of be a better word, wage slave, you know, W two income uh, in Silicon Valley here till I retired five years ago. And uh People sometimes say, well, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, 50% of all small businesses fail in the first couple of years. It's a real risky thing. But I can tell you, I was laid off three times by major companies uh. on Microsoft. You look back at, there is no job security in a day, day job necessarily. And it sounds like you're now at a position or a place in your life where, unless you completely screw up, it, this business, with the acceptance of kombucha, with the growing awareness, like you said in the previous interview, it's like wine—you, you know, the first sip, the second sip, the third sip. is you're producing an authentic product. Um, this has given you a form of stable income, right? And and you're, know, as well as being, it's your it's your baby, so to speak. So yeah. from a grassroots yeah. advisory perspective, I guess is part of your advice more on the I don't know what you want to call it counseling psychology level that people can get very nervous about going into their own business, but you're living proof that it it does
0: work. Yeah. And I think that part of what I like to encourage people is so, you know, they've got, let's say, hypothetically speaking, a, a secure job with a salary and, you know, you're not going to necessarily have a salary right off the bat. You know, when you start a new business or make that transition or something, but it's like, if you've got an idea or something that really you just like can't stop thinking about or really want to try something else, or you really just hate your job or it's sucking the life out of you or just so many of these scenarios. But it's like, you know what, maybe, your exact job might not be there for you in two years if you decide you need to go back to it. But there's going to be another job for you if you need to go back to a a place of it where you are getting employed and you have a salary and with benefits. Like those jobs are are going to be there. And so I was just kind of say why not? I mean, of course, there's reasons why not. But I'm I'm the one who's going to help you work through all those why nots. Um,
1: Great.
0: You know, and yeah. and that's kind of what's fun is like, let's just what it what would it take to make this a reality and and sure worst case scenario I guess in a business is you go bankrupt or you know, and if someone has dependents I know that's like very risky but let's play it out so that you structure it so you're not taking on that big of a risk or making it even safer. I mean, there's risks, like you said, you're laid off three times. There's risks in everything. And there's, it's just what it is to be alive. But, um, you know, I think like people have these ideas and they're, they're so vague. So if you take some of the vagueness away and like think through the tiny little steps and it's like okay, well now I can see it how it would work a little bit better.
1: Um, right, right. And, so. and just to let people know, um, I I I see online uh, we've got uh, your website for the kombucha company, but you're you've got a separate website. It's all one word grassrootsadvising.com, and people can go there and book a session. It looks like unless the prices have changed. A, First-time session is only 150 bucks. The follow-up session is yep. available, so so that's very uh, very small investment for anybody. I think considering, as you say, it's a grounded, unbiased, balanced perspective, with your own decade of community organizing and our progressive business development as as uh, validation. This is great, Stacey, and thank you so much for sharing not just your story in the previous interview about Uchi Mamas, but how you see uh the the world of startups and early stage companies.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I love I love talking about it and I, you know, I could go on and on. And I guess one more thing I did want to say about the startup phase of business is like I never I don't want to say never because that's by the time I got to the point where I I was applying for funding with banks, they do want to see a business plan of some kind. But when you're starting out, like when I was in business school, it's like everything is like all of these multiple page, so like these huge documents of business plans. And I think like that could be a stopping point for someone where it's like, I can't make a business plan like that. I don't know what. I put in this 10 page document. And uh, I just think that that's kind of like this really, I don't want to say corporate view of a business plan, but it's a really limiting view. And it it is limiting. And i like to help people break away from that and say like, you don't need that to start a business. Um, and let's actually just look at what the core parts of the business plan are and and work on those and then and kind of build it up from there instead of like just being at this complete roadblock because there's this really vague hard thing known as a business plan that is just like too too rigid and yeah like I said vague so I I if anyone's listening and they're like stuck on this concept of a business plan like don't let that stop you. I guess I want to. I want people to I, to know I that there's a way to do it without this completely, like, very formal type of um, document. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not the only way to do it.
1: I couldn't agree more. In fact, in my own second past, I was involved uh, with some entrepreneurs who recommended I'll just pitch it. Uh, it might not be – not to take away from your expertise, but there's a great guy called Jim Horan, H-O-R-A-N, who's got a workbook called The One Page Business Plan. So uh, Uh that's that's something to check out for people listening. Well, Stacey, thanks so much. Thanks for talking with me.
0: Yeah, thanks for the conversation. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.
1: Okay, uh, I, I, that was a little, uh, I, I'm sure, like you say, you could have spoken all morning about it. Did, is there anything crucial that I got I got your website in there about grassroots advising? Yeah. I, we we I didn't, think unfortunately, that's... I don't think we were able to do full justice to your own, you know, you mentioned employee owned business a few times, but you had a lot about social responsibility, that we didn't touch on. But that's obvious for anybody who goes to the site like front and center on your own website. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, and I think so, that in the kombucha industry, there's a lot I think social responsibility and environmental responsibility in the kombucha industry, because we're such a organic product, and those kinds of things are more common, I guess, that I find right. at least, you know, a lot of kombucha companies compost, and a lot of them are environmentally conscious. Exactly. And so, I think we yeah. talked about it, the, unique, the unique aspects it's not, for sure.
1: It's not like the oil and gas industry or the something like Correct. that. Yeah, it goes in well. Right. Okay. Well, it looks like it's just on the hour, and I've got a guy waiting outside here. I can see guys coming to pick okay. my house.
0: <laughs> Uh, but right. yeah, it's
1: been great. I'll 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 probably get this posted uh, in the next week and a half, and I'll I'll do the two like back to back. So I'll do the first one, say on a Monday, the next one on a Tuesday, so people don't have to hang around and and link backwards. And I'll send you the links when they're up there as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. And my email address. Um, if you ever just want to email me or send me those, um, aside yeah. from going through Sydney, it's just the word hello, H E L L O at com.
1: right oh and i'll follow up with an email just a quick reminder but i do did note a couple of things um i would love it if you had any photographs of the tap room or any different product pictures um i grabbed the three pictures of the cans on your website but it would be ideal if i don't know if you have kind of a quote sexy picture of the cans kind of all lined up together because i'll definitely feature the flavors in the in the write-up and, and a picture of, yeah. the, of the tap room would be fantastic maybe with you know okay. smiling people drinking their kombucha right. <laughs> or, i know i do need maybe. more
0: pictures yeah i need more pictures of our tap room that's definitely on my list um so after this next round of canning i don't have you said a week and a half from now
1: no I, I mean i don't mind waiting i mean this is this is evergreen I, I, if you if you want to take a take your time and get some good pictures just let me know I, i'll wait yeah and, we you know, have
0: a i have a shoot set up for next tuesday so i should have those edits back by the end of next week oh that's as far as product timing. shots yeah, yeah and I'll, then I'll, um I'll, I'll, that'll i'll yeah. have some tap room photos by then too
1: all right, great.
0: So, yeah, so just email, so me, email me so I can have your email address as well.
1: Exactly, yeah. Okay, then. Okay. Have a good, uh, good afternoon. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.